the Blaze Radio Network. On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, it's hour two underway. The Chris Salcedo Show. I'm happy you've tuned in, everybody, here. This is your radio republic, unlike your current federal government. Your views are heard, listened to, and addressed right here in this program. I shouldn't say all the federal government, because at least the White House is listening to you. It seems that there are some members of Congress that are not working on budgetary items. Not working on a budget. We're looking at another omnibus spending bill, which is not good news. Uh, and also, they're talking about, and Republicans are talking about defunding Trump's wall. So... We'll watch that as it unfolds. Meantime, let me go to uh, the phones. North Carolina. Connor, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Let's say you. Hey, Chris. Good to talk to you again. And you, sir, as well. So a thought occurs to me. Uh, with all this tension that's going on, you and I both know that had Clinton won the election, she wouldn't have done a blasted thing about Syria. So why did Putin want Trump to win so badly? Well, no, that's a that, that's a great question, and uh, exactly, there, there would have been nothing that would have prompted Hillary Clinton, just like Barack Obama, to do anything around the world. No atrocity, no violation of of a nearly centuries old prohibition on chemical weapons. I mean, think about that. President Obama couldn't be moved to to do anything about a violation of a chemical weapons ban that the human race said no to. I mean, what what was Hillary Clinton going to do? Call it reprehensible a whole bunch. Yeah, or deplorable. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. No, yeah. you, and, and that that's a great point. And you know what? I think it was Donald Trump Jr. who was out saying the United States will not be bullied by Putin. And somehow I don't think that Vladimir Putin would have ordered a strike on Bashar al-Assad. <laughs> so, no, so, the, so the fact that Donald Trump did this, I mean, I, I think we can see now— You've got Lawrence O'Donnell, that kook over at MSNBS, and you've got plenty of other left-wing conspiracy theorists are saying, oh, no, this is all part of wag the dog. This is Trump trying to lob missiles, trying to throw people off the scent that he really loves Russia. <laughs> and he's doing right. Russia's bidding. It, it, it is. They're, they're really full-on kooky out there as far oh, as yeah. this is concerned. Anything but reality. 
That's for sure. But no, you make a fantastic point that if that if really we we all knew that Trump was going to be a man of action, that Hillary Clinton was going to be a woman just as flaccid as Barack Obama was as far as foreign policy was concerned. So the the very idea that that we would that, that Vladimir Putin would want a strong, robust America back again, it doesn't pass the smell test, right? Right. All right. Connor, I appreciate the call as always, man. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. Coming up this hour, I'm I'm going to be talking about school choice. Now, for those of you who don't know what school choice is, I'm talking about vouchers. I'm talking about giving parents the ability to take to change the emphasis, if you will, of government, which right now government runs schools. And those who believe in big government and government telling you what to do, their emphasis is, oh, we must preserve government-run schools. Government-run schools, the institution of government-run schools, that is paramount. Now, educating your kids, that's somewhere second, third, maybe even fourth. To the statists, funding teachers' unions so the teachers' unions can fund their political campaigns, that's what's paramount. Now, there are 12 states in our union. I think the District of Columbia does have vouchers, too, in a limited capacity still, even though I think Obama did away with them, the majority of them, in the majority of D.C. schools. But 12 states have what they call vouchers or school choice, which is the state says, well, here's the dollar figure we're going to give your child, and it's up to your child. It's up to you to where your child is best educated. And it can be... In a charter school, it can be in a government-run school, it can be in a religious school, it can be in a private school, whatever. It's your money, you go and do it. And if, and if your money doesn't cover the entire cost, then you make up the difference. And for a lot of people who are low to middle income, that voucher is the difference to get between getting their kids a mediocre, if no, education or rescuing their children out of an underperforming school and getting them a fantastic education. So there's a, the state in which I broadcast is the state of Texas. And if we're going through this nonsense in the state of Texas, chances are a lot of you folks in left-wing dominated states are going through this to where it was kind of mean-spirited. The Texas State House under the control over a guy by the name of Joe Strauss. Now, Joe Strauss, he calls himself a Republican, but here's what you need to know about this Republican. If the Texas legislature was majority Democrat, he would be a Democrat. If it was majority Republican, he would be Republican. If it was uh, majority the Whig Party, he would be the Whig Party. Do you understand what I mean by this? This man has no moral character. This man has, he he sticks his finger up in the wind and and says, where can I get the most power, the most money, and the most influence? And that's where he will go. Not a very principled individual. And I'm sure you guys have somebody like him in your state. As a matter of fact, you out in California, you folks out there, your entire legislature, nearly your entire legislature is populated with individuals just like this who view government as their meal ticket, who view the wielding of power for power's sake as 
something that's just inherently theirs. And you would you would probably think this wouldn't be happening in a conservative state like Texas, but it is. To where there was a school choice initiative, a couple of them, sent out of the more conservative Texas Senate and sent over to the the Texas House. And the House, instead of taking up those bills and trying to come up with something equivalent, they did something altogether different. They came up with a different piece of legislation. It was a piece of garbage is what it was. And this piece of garbage legislation targeted specifically with, and you, and you got this sense from the Associated Press write-up that it was vehement. It was, they, they almost spat the, the target of their legislation, which was private and religious schools. From the Associated Press, the Texas House has voted to oppose taxpayer dollars going to private and religious schools, expressly forbidding state funding for vouchers. Now remember, the Texas House is allegedly majority Republican. Now all the Democrats, you expect you expect this anti-religious bigotry to come from the American left. Democrats and liberals, they, they are uh, infamous for this type of opposition. But all the Democrats were joined by a sufficient number of Republicans to pass this initiative. And as I said, they were just, it, it prohibits taxpayer dollars to private and religious, religious education. Not my tax dollars. They're not going to go to fund religious education. And it was, well, it was, it was mean-spirited. It was vehement. It was, well, it, it was bigotry. That somehow, if, if your institution of, of learning has a religious affiliation, that it's not worthy. And... um I'm sorry, uh, I, I am not interested in religious bigotry being institutionalized by any government, much less the government in the state in which I reside. But that's what happened. It was a 103 to 44 vote. And basically, it's the statists saying, <laughs> we, we tell you what to do. We'll continue to take your money and we will, we will continue to fund the government-run education because that's the important thing. Funding the government-run institution. And I thought the important thing was supposed to be educating kids. And it's not happening. In several districts, not only in the state of Texas, but all over this country, where this failed system is failing our kids. And the one thing that's missing is competition. These people who run these school districts, they don't have to compete for your taxpayer money. They're gifted it simply by being a government-run institution. That has to change.
More on this, if you want to weigh in on what's happening in your state, especially if you're one of those states where vouchers are in play. I want to know how they're working. Every bit of feedback I have, and now granted, it's from pro-school choice folks who say it's working swimmingly in these states. Give me a call. 888-900-3393. 888-900-3393. We got more coming up on the Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. You are listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. Salcedo. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, I wanted to, before I get back into the discussion of school choice, there's a, I wanted to read a little more of this story that I, I, I wanted to get more into this with Ann Pierce, but because of time, the constraints of time, I wasn't able to do so. Uh, Kim Jong-un, the, uh, the crazy fat kid. Uh, hold on a second. Crazy... Fat kid threatens to nuke <laughs> U.S. Uh, now look, he, this now he, this guy can do it. Well, he has the nuclear capability. I don't know if he has the the ability to strike the United States homeland yet. But he's he's upset that Donald Trump is sending a carrier group to his backyard. Uh, Let me read from the Reuters account of this. North Korea media warns of nuclear strike on U.S. if provoked. If provoked. What do you think we're going to do? U.S. warships head to Korean Peninsula. Trump says North Korea looking for trouble. Russia is really worried about a possible U.S. attack on North Korea. That's... I'm not sure how much of that is propaganda. That might... That... That works to to build up hysteria and maybe maybe a little more pressure on China. North uh, Korean state media on Tuesday warned of a nuclear attack on the United States at any sign of U.S. aggression as a U.S. Navy strike group steamed toward the Western Pacific. Well, they're just about there. U.S. President Donald Trump, who has urged China to do more to rein in its impoverished neighbor, said in a tweet, North Korea was looking for trouble and the United States would solve the problem with or without China's help. And now the the crazy fat kid is being whipped up into a frenzy because when you're a dictator and and you've, you know, you've killed your own brother and half-brother, you starve your own people, when when somebody with a bigger gun than yours starts making their way towards you, you tend to get a little nervous. And I think, because look, 
they're even even dictators know that they're wrong. And mm, mm, mm. the uh, Kim Jong Un is not uh, is not. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to fare well with all this. Now, do you think we're first off? North Korea, I don't believe, has the ability to go to war with the United States. Meaning, launching ships coming over here to the U.S. I do worry about their ICBM technology. My understanding is they're still months away from developing a reliable delivery system for their nukes, but who knows how good our intelligence is. So if that's the case, then I've got to worry how good our missile defense systems are. And I think that's another reason why that carrier group is headed that way. Because Team Obama and their intelligence gathering, what they left Trump, probably not not the most reliable bit of information. And the reason I say that is because what was the M.O. for the Obama administration? It wasn't to tell the people the truth. It was to lie to the American people. We told you about this yesterday, Susan Rice, about Syria's WMD, weapons of mass destruction. We were able to find a solution that actually removed the chemical weapons that were known from Syria in a way that the use of force would never have accomplished. Yeah, that, that was a lie. It turns out President Obama on several occasions said pretty much the same thing, uh, lying to the American people so he wouldn't have to do anything. Take a listen to President Obama and his national security advisor, Susan Rice. Just think about what we've done these last eight years without firing a shot. We've eliminated Syria's declared chemical weapons program. All of these steps have helped keep us safe and helped keep our troops safe. Those are the result of diplomacy. We don't have strong efforts there. The more you will be called upon to clean up after the failure of diplomacy. Yeah. So the Fox News Channel panel, as you heard, continued this discussion. Was it hypocrisy on the uh, part of the Obama administration? Was it incompetence? Was it dishonesty? When they sat there and they claimed that the administration, uh, they claimed that the administration had secured all chemical weapons out of Syria, and then Syria turns around and gasses its people. (laughs) And what I mean by hypocrisy is remember how Barack Obama got elected. Yeah, Barack Obama, who campaigned on intelligence failure about Iraq and chemical weapons and weapons of mass destruction, touting the, the essentially the finished job of getting weapons of mass destruction and chemical weapons out of Syria. I find it hard to believe that anybody, any adult in the Obama administration was not aware of the fact that the Syrians are not people you can rely on when they make a promise about weapons of mass destruction or anything else. They or the Russians, it. for that matter. Or the Russians. The- yeah, they, they lie as a matter of course. I mean, dictators do that, right? Bashar al-Assad is not a particularly truthful man. Vladimir Putin, not a particularly truthful man. They've lied. They've obfuscated. They've any, anything to achieve their objective. That's why we call them the bad guys. The Russians are ruthless about this. The Russians lie every day and twice on Sunday. The <laughs> Russians are denying any involvement in this. Of course the Russians knew about this. The idea that we have to have an investigation is ridiculous. But that's who they are. And the fact that the Obama administration never understood that is a blot on their record. Well, see, and, that, and that's the thing. I, I think the Obama administration understood it all too well. They just didn't want to do anything about it. That's that's all. I mean, if it was anti-American, if it was pro-despot, pro-dictator, pro, 
uh, big government anywhere around the world, Obama was all for it. Any country that wanted to exploit its people, whether it be Cuba, whether it be Venezuela, whether it be uh, Russia, whether it be Syria, Obama couldn't be bothered to lift a finger to get in the way because, frankly, he wanted that here. I got to be honest. He wanted that here. Uh, Up next, I'm going to talk to a pastor. I I told you about this, this, what's going on in Texas with, with vouchers and the religious bigotry that's being used to justify uh, denying people choice and how to best educate their children. There's another component to this as well that we'll get into. That Another reason that was given why Republicans and Democrats teamed up in Texas to stop, to stop school choice, get this, schools are the top employers in their small towns in Texas. So it's not about educating children. Government-run education is about one thing as far as these politicians are concerned. It's about an adult jobs program because you know those adults, they vote. The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. And welcome back, everybody. It's the Chris Salcedo Show, your radio republic. Federal government, apparently the Texas House. Uh, Your views are heard, listened to, and addressed right here on this program. But I want to talk straight from New York City. (laughs) And I got to ask Dr. Robert Jeffress, what are you doing in New York City? (laughs) Oh, Chris, good to talk to you. I'm up here to do some interviews with Fox about Easter and uh, about the horrific uh, Coptic Christian killings that we all witnessed. So that's what I'm doing here before I return for a great Easter Sunday at First Baptist Dallas this Sunday. I am. uh, I'm gratified you're talking about it because the majority of the of the basket of biased press isn't. Uh, So uh, as you can hear, folks, Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas, is our is our guest right now. I wanted to ask you, because the, the hot topic today has been what the House pulled uh, as far as is giving uh, parents choice on how to best educate yeah. their children. And according to the Associated Press copy, they targeted specifically private and religious schools. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard this, uh, uh, Mr. Jeffress, but I have uh, this animus that there are some, even some folks who dare call themselves Republicans and they just spit out the words on uh, not my taxpayer dollars going to a, a religious, a religious institution and to which I have always rejected that form of religious bigotry. What say you on this? Look, Chris, we have a private school, First Baptist Academy, but I'm a strong believer in the public school system as well. My wife, my mother's a mother taught in the public school system for years. So I believe in that. And there may be some legitimate reasons to question doing something that uh, deteriorates or diminishes uh, the, the income revenue for public schools. But 
that's not the reason most often cited for opposition to this. It's usually religious bigotry, and it's this uh, separation of church and state that is more of a figment of the imagination of judicial activists than it was the original intent of the framers of the Constitution. And I'm going to tell your listeners something I bet very few know. Did you know this phrase, separation of the church and state, not only doesn't appear in the Constitution, it did not appear in any Supreme Court ruling until almost 200 years after the founding of this country. It was in 1947, and it was just a case like this we're talking about, Everson in uh, in New Jersey, it was about whether or not taxpayer money ought to go to support Catholic schools. And mm-hmm. Hugo Black, a justice who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan that, by the way, hated Catholics, was the first to invoke this term, separation of church and state, in a Supreme Court ruling. And his reason for doing so wasn't rooted in the Constitution. It was rooted in his anti-Catholic bias. And that's the history of this phrase being used in uh, Supreme Court rulings. Uh, that That is uh, spot on. And, of course, the separation of church and state was bastardized, in my opinion, that phrase, from a letter from Thomas Jefferson. I think it was to the Marbury Baptist, wasn't it? It was. Uh, the Danbury Baptist. Yeah, and, Danbury. Uh, look, it yeah, and, and look, there was a rumor going around that the Congregational Church was going to be the church, uh, the state church. Jefferson was going to make it the state church, and, you know, Baptists get nervous if they think somebody else is going to be in charge. So they <laughs> write this letter to Thomas Jefferson, and he says, no, that's not going to happen. And he uses that term, separation of church and state. It was a one-sided separation to protect the church from government. But, you know, obviously, Chris, Thomas Jefferson did not mean that government and religion were never to mix together, because Jefferson is the one who authorized the capital to be used for a religious Christian church service every week. He did that two days after he wrote this letter to Danbury Baptist, and that church remained worshiping in the capital for nearly 70 years. So whatever he meant by that, he didn't mean this impenetrable wall that was to exist between faith and everyday life. Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas, our guest right now here on the Chris Salcedo Show. And Well, uh, where, do, where do you see this debate going forward? We talked to Lieutenant Governor uh, Dan Patrick yeah. earlier saying he's not going to give up. He believes that it is a liberty, is a freedom, it is, a, it is the, uh, the right policy to give parents the ability to choose how to best educate their children, that right. we as a society ought to have ought to have that money following the child rather than following one particular institution, which is government-run well, education. Where do you think this is going? Well, where this is going is to the Supreme Court, ultimately, which is why it is so tremendous that we had Judge Gorsuch uh, confirmed this week as a Supreme Court justice. Look, there is a case that is making its way to the Supreme Court right now, Trinity Lutheran. It's a case in Missouri about taxpayer money going to help uh, fund a preschool uh, improvement uh, at their playground. This will probably make its way to the Supreme Court. Judge Gorsuch will hear it. And I believe when you look at his rulings in Hobby Lobby or in the Little Sisters of the Poor, I think he's going to rule not as a Christian. He's going to rule as an originalist, believing in the actual words of the Constitution. And, Chris, I don't care how much he searched the Constitution. 
all the First Amendment says is government can institute a, a, a state church and coerce people to worship in it. It has nothing to say about prohibiting prayers at graduations or Ten Commandment displays or helping to further people's education. Well, very well put. You took me right where I wanted to go. And as we say goodbye to Dr. Robert Jeffress, senior pastor at First Baptist Dallas. Pastor, a happy Easter to you and your congregation, sir. And I appreciate always our, our time to visit here on The Chris Salcedo Show. Thanks, Chris. I'm a big fan. Thanks for having me. All right. Telephone numbers, 888 888-900-3393. And what I was saying, when he took me right where I wanted to go, which was this discussion about Gorsuch. Now, he has been put on the high court with, uh, with the filibuster being thwarted by the so-called nuclear option, the changing of the rules, which, you know, it bears pointing out that it was a response that that going nuclear was a response to the last time the Democrats went nuclear. And I am under no illusion that, that if the Democrats got back into power once again, and the filibuster was used against them the way they used it against Republicans, that they would, they would go nuclear too, because they've already gone nuclear once. So, uh, the Republicans finally, and I finally got tired of being stabbed in the back in this double standard where Democrats get to do every debaucherous maneuver they possibly can to get their way. And then when Republicans are in power, no, they have to go back and they have to respect the, the rights of the minority, but Democrats don't. And Republicans said, hell with that. No, we're not, we're not doing it that time. this time. You guys, what is... Uh, what movie was that in? Ah, it was uh, Tombstone. Remember uh, <laughs> Wyatt Earp shows Ike Clanton the badge. You called down the thunder. Now it's cut. Now, now, now it's here. You called down the thunder. Now you're getting it. And that's exactly what the Republicans said when they said, "Well, we're going so-called nuclear, and we are not going to allow you." to continue as you have wrongly applied the filibuster to judges. This started with Democrats. Democrats started filibustering Bush-era judges. That started with them. Then when the Republicans did it, the Democrats went nuclear. See how that works? But of course, Ben Cardin and Chuck Schumer and all the other leftists, they never tell you that. Now, the reason why I am so happy that this happened this way is that it is rumored that Justice Kennedy will be retiring. And then maybe Ginsburg will be forced to because of her health. And if, and if those two things happen, then there will be no discussion. We will be able to fundamentally transform the court to a conservative-leaning court a constructionist uh, court for decades, which will thwart the American left for decades. And that will preserve liberty and freedom and the rights of people, of you and me. And, it will, and the Democrats will have only themselves to blame. They got upset 
that the Republicans were going to give them a taste of their own medicine. And finally, I am glad these petulant children got a taste of their own medicine. They needed it. This idea that Democrats get to have their way, liberals get to have their way, uh, is, and, and Republicans don't get that, 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 same, that same courtesy, I'm tired of the double standard. And now, for the remainder of Donald Trump's first term and hopefully the second term, we will not, we will not have to deal with Democrat obstruction on this. They will have nothing to say about what happens in the high court. Now, that is, of course, presupposing that the Republicans maintain control over the Senate. That is also presupposing. Now, this is this dovetails into my next area of discussion. If Republicans start behaving like the Texas House Republicans and big government elitists who let, let me read, let me read from this Associated Press copy. House Democrats opposing vouchers typically team up with Republicans in rural communities where schools are top employers as well as social centers offering football and other popular activities. Oh, well, for crying out loud, why didn't somebody tell me that our kids have to suffer under a crappy education system so we can have football and we can make our schools social centers. Oh, oh yes. And we can make sure our schools are employers of adults. Why didn't you tell me that was the whole purpose of government run schools? See, I was under the mistaken impression they were there to educate children. My bad, my mistake. This is, if Democrats on the national level behave like these, these, I'm sorry, if Republicans on the national level behave like Republicans in the Texas House, you're going to see their majorities in Congress disappear because the American people are not in the mood anymore to put up with, oh, yeah, 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 I promise you I'll do something when we get the, yeah, liberty, freedom, yeah, 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 what are you, and then nothing gets done. And they team up with Democrats. That's, that's a cautionary tale for those in the Senate who might want to, well, oh, I don't know, not fund the border wall. Speaking of those in the Senate who might not want to, well, I, I mean, I'm not sure where they stand on this. We'll ask them tomorrow. Not one, but two senators answering our questions. Texas Senator Cruz and Texas Senator Cornyn will be here on the Chris Salcedo Show, and so don't miss tomorrow. Uh, I'll fo- oh, look, look at the time. I got to get to a break. I'll be right back here. The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. Just read an email about, it was a rather interesting theory about the United States and, and why Russia might be wanting to, to push the United States into a conflict with North Korea, a full-blown conflict. Because Russia, Russia knows that 
that uh, a one-on-one confrontation with us and them would be severe disadvantage them. So the hope, writes uh, the Chris Salcedo show listener, would, uh, of Putin would be that the United States would be mired down in North Korea and it would be able to, it wouldn't be able to fight on two fronts, the Russians and the Chinese. I'm sorry, the North Koreans, which would be proxy for the Chinese. So I, I still, even on that type of engagement, I don't think that, that Russia can hold out. Their economy is, in, is tenuous at best. And the status, they, they have nukes, but being able to deploy them, well, that's, that's a, a different matter altogether. And I still think strategically, even even after enduring eight years of President Obama where our military didn't move forward, we were still sufficiently ahead uh, tactically and technologically ahead of the Russians B.O. before Obama. I still think it would be it would be they would pay the greater price. I'm not saying it would be a cakewalk, folks, and I'm not even saying. I'm advocating for any, I don't want to go to war with Russia. I don't want to go to war with North Korea. I don't think it'll come to that. I think Kim Jong-un is going to realize fairly shortly uh, as he's staring down the, uh, the gun barrel of a, a U.S. carrier group that perhaps this isn't the best way to go. And he's, he's going to be getting... A, and you know what? Don't, don't forget who also doesn't want us there. The Chinese. The Chinese don't want us there. And we disrupt things for the Chinese and their plans while we have a carrier group over there. And this is, this is going to be... It's going to be played well, but I, I think that we have significant enough leverage in the Chinese to where... They're going to be able to rein this this kid in. Don't forget, you know what? They're, they're liberals, these Chinese communists. And they don't want to do anything until they absolutely have to. And maybe they absolutely have to now. All right, folks. Remember, a society's worth, it is not measured by how much power is seized by an out-of-control government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great day. Back for Hump Day tomorrow, right here on The Blaze, The Chris Salcedo Show. We'll see you then. This is The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network.